Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. No one can see it at home, but we were making intense eye contact that whole time. I don't know. Oh, no, she's crossing her eyes. I'm, I'm out. I'm lost. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. I'm uh I'm in my loungewear today, which mm. is uh which is millennial or I guess which is my generation's uh my grandmother's house dress. Oh. Did your did your grandparent your grandma wear a house dress? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I listen, I joke about it all the time. I don't have a good memory. Oh. Like I pick I have picture. That's the thing is like if I had a memory of that a specific memory, mm-hmm. I could tell you. But it's like, yeah, that sounds right. Well, I mean, she mentioned house dress. I can't remember ever seeing my grandmother in a dress. She normally wore trousers. Um, yeah, so my my grandmother was both sides. I think it was very much a trouser, sit around, legs crossed, watched uh, <laughs> uh, watched a lot of stories. That was my mom's mom. Right. And then my dad's mom was very much, Nani, is very much of the sequined, uh, uh, flashy clothes. which the sequined I, blouse. Yeah, which I very much enjoy. But that's not at all what we're talking about. I mean, it is a little bit. It is? So we are talking today. Because of, this is uh, week four of Pride Month. Indeed, oh. indeed. Our, our our final biography of Pride Month. We're and t- next we move on to Wrath and then Envy. You said you weren't going to use that joke. But then I did. You used that joke in our mic check and I was excited. And then you said, no, I'm not going to use it. Because I wanted it. to surprise you again. <laughs> if I say like, yeah, I'm definitely using that joke again, then it won't hate you. But I hate you this time because oh, I said did. I wasn't doing it. You did. We're talking about Lucy Hicks Anderson. Okay, this is uh, for the first time in a while. That's one of those names that I hear it and I'm like, that seems periphery. Okay, vaguely familiar. Well, I'm glad about that. That's good um, because she was one of the first openly trans black women in the United States. Okay, she was a chef, a socialite, a businesswoman, and I mean, frankly, her life would make an amazing television drama. How is it not? I mean... Everybody's making television dramas these days. Come on. I'm looking at you, Hulu, and then also HBO Max and Prime Video. Uh, Maybe Netflix, (laughs) but I don't think Netflix likes trans people very much. At least that's what I get from the way they keep hiring those comedians. Um, You know what? Is Quibi still a thing? Quibi, you get in there? I think it is it Tubby now. What? There's no way that's how that's pronounced. I thought it was Tubi. There's no way it's Tubby, baby. I don't know. Sounds like television, Teletubby. Teletubby, Teletubby baby, I guess. But Tubi is like a tube, (laughs) you know, like the boob tube, like tubes in a... No, I don't know. That makes more sense. Also, I just said Tubby, baby, and I'm really happy. Okay. In 1886, Lucy Hicks was born in Waddy, Kentucky, which is a small, unincorporated town about 40 minutes east of Louisville. Okay. Um, She was assigned male at birth, but she knew very, very early, at a very young age, that was wrong. She never felt like a boy and insisted on living her life as a young woman and even gave herself the name Lucy. It's a great name. Um, When you hear the name Lucy, who do you think of first? Like, what's the pop culture character you think of? um, Well, first is Lucille Ball. Oh, and second okay. is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Wow. Okay, two. I wasn't even and close then to. Maybe third is Lucy from Peanuts. 
Okay, can I tell you what's wild? What? First for me is Lucy from Dracula. Oh, Second was Lucy, Lucy from Peanuts. Denra. Okay, yeah. And then third was Lucy from Loud House. <laughs> but Lucy from Loud House is named after Lucy from uh, Dracula because she likes vampires. Oh. At least that's my assumption. But I didn't even come close to Lucille Ball. Anywho, anyway. not, not important. Uh, anyway. It is important, though, because it's what I was thinking about, and I'm important. The term transgender was not didn't even exist in print yet. Okay. Um, which I think is very important to mention because Lucy was so certain of, you know, exactly who she was that it didn't matter that the term didn't exist. Right. This wasn't like she didn't need outside influence. She didn't need to read about it to know. Exactly. Which goes to truth. show the fact that um, it's always been around. There yeah. have always been people assigned a different gender at birth than what they truly are. Yeah. It's almost like throughout history, people who are uncomfortable with things like that write LGBTQ plus people out of history so that they can say this is a new thing. Yeah. Rather than the accepting that it's always been the case and maybe they are wrong. Indeed. I do want to point out that um, Lucy's mother was a little bit confused about what was going on. Okay. And so um, when Lucy was nine years old, her mother took her to a local doctor named Dr. Jesse to see if there was anything wrong. You think that was Dr. Jesse's last name or like a cool, like, just call me Dr. Jesse, man? I bet it was his last name. Okay. Uh, Responded, no, absolutely nothing is wrong with Lucy. Yeah. All right, Dr. Jesse. So the doctor in small advice, town Kentucky in the late 1800s. Okay. The doctor's advice was to just let Lucy live the way she wanted to. Oh boy. I I didn't think I would ever say this sentence, but man, more people in the year 2022 sure could be like that small town doctor Indeed. in the year 1880 or whatever. Um so that means that she went by Lucy. She wore her dresses to school. She was educated with other girls, all that stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, and, like, you know, that's fantastic that their family, their town, just let Lucy live truthfully as she was always meant to live. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, now old Travis, where young Travis could just be purely positive. But now old jaded Travis is like, that's awesome. But it must also be acknowledged that the reason that is so awesome is because of how much that feels like an exception to, like, the biographies we tell and the stories we tell about people where it's just, like, they knew at an early age, but no one around them accepted it Mm -hmm. or they didn't feel comfortable being it, whatever, right? And so it is amazing to hear that Lucy was supported at such a young age and accepted at such a young age and just, like, yeah, right? Not even, like, we're going to make the choice to accept it, but more just, like, everybody going, like, okay, cool, right? I'm like, that's fine. And that is awesome, but it is also, unless we acknowledge, it's because it sounds like the exception to the yeah. rule. So, at the age of 15, she left school, which is not uncommon. Sure. During this time period? Absolutely. Kids got to work. And began to do... Wait, so she was born, was it 1886, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, yeah, so this is also like 1901, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, she left school and began to... Uh, 
do domestic work to support yep. herself. Um, so she traveled through uh, to traveled through Kentucky to Texas, where she worked in a hotel. That's a long travel. That ain't nothing. I know. And then moved on to New Mexico, continuing to do cleaning and cooking and other domestic work. And then in Silver City, New Mexico, she met her first husband, uh-huh. a man by the name of Clarence Hicks. Hey, babe, just kind of say it right there. I love the foreshadowing whenever someone just adds in the word first in there. <laughs> right? It's like, did yeah. me, her husband, met her first husband. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, spoiler alert. <laughs> I um, love that in biographies. They married in 1920 and then moved to Oxnard, California. A great slash fun city name to say. Indeed. Oxnard. Um, first, let me explain a little bit about this town in California. Oxnard? Oxnard. Go, yeah, go on. Uh, so if you're from Oxnard, I'm so sorry. Go on. It's just it got nard in there. It's got nard in it. The town is about an hour and a half drive west from L.A., and it was a very happening, cool spot to hang out in the 1920s. Uh-huh. So it has miles of sandy beaches. Nice. It's got a lot of great food and nightlife, and all the producers and directors and A-listers at the time loved this seaside town. Sure, sure, sure. Everybody loves the Nard. Um, Not only for recreation, but also for work. Uh-huh. These big sandy beaches were featured in um, in a lot of films. So anytime they needed Egyptian deserts or European beach vistas, anything, um, some big names who love to take a break tell from me. hustle yeah, and tell bustle. Me. Clark Gable, yeah. Charlie Chaplin, oh. and John Wayne. I know all three of those names. Those are yes. people that existed. In the past, and they, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, made movies. Indeed. Yeah. They um, love the Nard. And so many rich people considered it the destination mm-hmm. outside of L.A. that it was called Hollywood by the Sea. That is, that's probably more fun to say than the Nard. Yeah. I'm, that's the last time I'll do it, okay, I promise. Okay, thanks. All right. So, Lucy, living in Oxnard, was an award-winning baker. What? A skilled chef oh. and a trusted nanny for many families. Okay. She was a social butterfly in every sense of the word. Um, she immediately immersed herself in the community, and before anybody knew it, Lucy was a staple in the Southern California town. Okay. Wow. Okay. I don't know why, but all this so far, the thing that threw me most is you just like casually tossing out award-winning baker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Go on. Wait. Tell me more about, like, Great British Bake Off? What you do? <laughs> I mean, I don't have the specifics. But there were a lot more, like, baking, especially in this, like, 1910, where it's yeah. just like, you know, we would have a fair. You would bake some stuff. We would do competitions. There would be a lot more. That's what the community did, right? It was just one of her many skill sets. Got it, got it, got it. Um, I okay. would love to see, now you've made me think about it too much, award-winning nanny. I'd like to see, like, yeah. nanny Olympics. I would I was, like Oh, my that. God. Okay, wait, don't steal this idea because now I'm thinking TM, about it. TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, I would watch like a floor is lava thing, right? But it's just like, you got to take care of this baby. And it's not it's not a real baby, okay? It'll be a I'm, robot baby. It'll be a robot baby. Or, I, I mean, don't commit us to that. We'll see what the budget is. <laughs> but I mean, like there'll be just different skill sets set up where you'll compete to see like who can diaper the baby faster. Ooh, so. and who can walk across the toy-ridden floor without falling over uh, or, getting, there or stepping you go. on stuff. Oh, oh, we turn the lights off. You got to get out of the bedroom without waking up the napping baby, oh, right? So you got to make it through. 
oh, uh, you need to feed the baby and the one with the least rejected food on the floor wins. Oh, I love this. Oh, now it's a combination of like Floor's Love and Double Dare. Yes. Okay, TM, TM, TM. TM, TM. Okay, back to Lucy. Her marriage to Clarence fell apart. What? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why did you do that? Because I knew, I knew it was coming. Shortly after the wedding. Um, but, oh, boy. Yeah, it was very short. Um, but she was self-sufficient, so didn't really matter very sure. much. She continued to be a well-known socialite and party hostess for the wealthiest clientele in the beach town. Ooh la la. Um, and she started buying up property. Okay. She opened her very own boarding house where she hosted lavish parties for her fancy friends. And it was wildly successful, probably because it was also a brothel. Oh, boy. Okay, well, let's talk more about that in just a minute. First, a thank you note for our sponsors. So one of the things that Teresa and I listen, listen, we both love documentaries. We sure do. It's one of the reasons we do this show, honestly, right? Because we like stuff about, like, look at how people used to live in this house forever ago. There's one of our first vacations we ever took together. Part of it was going to a uh, an amusement park, and the other half was going to an old colonial oh, village. yeah, historic yeah. Lyme village. And we're like, show us everything. It was the <laughs> two of us and two, I'm going to say, like, 16-year-old girls in, like, costumes. They're like, I, what else do you want to see? And we're like, everything. And they're like, everything. it's so hot. So <laughs> if you're like us and you love documentaries that cover everything you can think of, then you're going to love Curiosity Stream. So on Curiosity Stream, there are thousands of award-winning documentaries and nonfiction TV shows for you to explore. If you're listening to this show, I'm betting this is the kind of thing you're interested in. Curiosity Stream works on any device, and you can start streaming wherever you want, whenever you want. Uh, they've got shows like Planet of Treasures with Sir Christopher Clark, which explores places of special beauty created by humans. Oh, and The History of Home by Nick Offerman, one of our favorite narrators, which explores the past, the present, and the future of homes. And if you have a love for, like, Appalachian culture like I do, Fiddlin', a foot stomping celebration of true Americana and artistic expression. But there's so, so many more. You're going to find one that you love, maybe, well, like, probably more, probably a lot that you Hours love. of entertainment. Hours of entertainment. And they've got one of the best deals out there right now. Curiosity Stream is offering a full year's subscription for just $14.99. That is a great deal. Full year for just $14.99 with code SHMANERS, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. I'm going to sign up. Right now. Yeah, go do it. What are you waiting for? Fly, you fools. Hal Lublin here with breaking news on a revolutionary form of entertainment, professional wrestling. For more, we go to our correspondent, Danielle Radford. Professional wrestling is the craze that's sweeping the nation, featuring fisticuffs and colorful costumes. But who can help us make sense of this world of body slams? Lindsay Kelk has the answer. Sources tell us of an amazing podcast called Tights and Fights, filled with discussions of the absurdity of professional wrestling, plus all the sincerity and hilarity that you could shake a stick at. Listen to the Tights and Fights podcast every week. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. And your old-timey radio. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just gotta share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast. 
We're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so a brothel, you say? Indeed. Okay. I mean, Lucy liked to party. And listen, ain't nothing wrong with it. As long as everybody's consenting adults. That's right. And everybody's clean and safe. So um, she purchased an, a boarding house at the corner of 7th and B Street. She set up the set up it as a front for a speakeasy and brothel. Okay. I mean, it was the 20s. Yeah. Well, Speakeasies people, were everywhere. People were a lot cooler back then. Well, <laughs> that's not true. That is demonstrably untrue. But yes, go on. Um, it was no CD motel. Okay. Let's get that straight. No, we're talking about an award-winning baker here. It was a very classy joint. So, I mean, she still was able to, like, host the rich and famous, even though everybody knew that she, you know, had, she was um, on her grind. She had some side businesses. Everybody's got needs. And for anyone to pretend like they're above it, this is the thing. Everybody does it. The birds and the bees do it. You know what I mean? So, eventually. You all know what I mean at home. Eventually, uh, she acquired a half block of frame buildings, wow. each well furnished, neatly painted, and each had beautiful window boxes full of geraniums. <gasps> That's lovely. Yeah, I would like to own a block of houses. <laughs> that <laughs> just feels good. I'm sure, you would. Um, so, some of these things that she was doing were illegal. Sure. Well, right? Um, illegal, well, according to who? An illegal brothel, an illegal bar. Um, but the really, for a very long time, the only thing she ever got busted for was serving alcohol. Well, yeah. Yeah, because it was against the law. It was uh, the Volstead Act, which oh, was the banning of about alcoholic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The banning of alcoholic beverages as well as creation and distribution. So you could probably get several different charges based on exactly what they found out you were doing. Um, also, a lot of that, especially if you're running a speakeasy. A lot of that probably also had to do with like them seeing it as connected to organized crime, yeah. being able to then uh, charge people who were there with other crimes if they could be arrested for that. Right. But I'm almost guaranteed that one of the reasons stuff like the brothel and stuff wasn't cracked down is because there were rich and powerful people there using the brothel. So the cops aren't going to bust that one down. Exactly. Um, and she was really busted in kind of like minor ways. Yeah. So, for example, in 1927, she was convicted for uh Possessing liquor and paid a $200 fine. No time behind bars. When you own a, a half a block of houses, what's $200? Indeed. In 1928. I mean, it's 1920s money, so it's more into the now, but even then still. Uh, she was found guilty on three counts of selling alcohol and only spent 45 days in the women's wing in the county jail. Mm. Um, and it seemed for a very long time, like you said, nobody really mentioned the brothel. And she ran it for like 20 years. Yeah. A little under 20 years. Um, she was regularly saved, of course, by her fancy rich friends. She had people she knew who worked in government and banking and all kinds of I wonder how she met him. I wonder how she got to know him. Huh. I wonder. 
Huh. Okay. So, it seemed to be a very good time for Lucy. Yeah. Um, even after she finalized her divorce to Clarence Hicks, um, her business boomed left and right. And in 1944, so we've got a, yeah, so a good span. Yeah, there's that 20 years. There's yeah. that 20 years or so. She remarried. Uh, it was a soldier stationed in Long Island named Reuben Anderson. Wait. wait the, how, when, how did she get over to New York for Long Island? No, no. There's a Long Island in California as well. What? There's more than... There's more than That's one. confusing. Everybody stop it. They stayed together for the rest of her life. So. Now, you say soldier. Was there a war or something going on in 1944? Mm, yes. Like a little thing? Or? Uh, just a world war. What? <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing about this. Well, Lucy was a, a, a pillar of the community and donated to places like the Red Cross and the mm-hmm. Boy Scouts and uh-huh. actually purchased almost $50,000 in war bonds. Okay, for a second, because you said Boy Scouts, I thought you were going to say like $50,000 in popcorn tens. But like, <laughs> popcorn different... is great in a bar. I mean, that's true, but I still, man, I was a Boy Scout for, I don't know, intermittently for mm. a long time. Not enough to actually ever claim it as a thing. But I do remember selling the popcorn, and we would come, and we would be like, hey, do you want to buy stuff for the Boy Scouts? And they'd be like, yeah, we love cookies. And we'd be like, well, close. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we still buy a popcorn tin from, like, the supermarket every Christmas. Yes. That's not the same as saying, like, hey, in, like, three weeks, do you think you'll want a tin of popcorn that I might remember (laughs) where you live and bring it to you? What's that? Why are you closing the door? (laughs) Okay. Like a lot of these uh, biographies, 1945 is when the other shoe drops. Uh Um, There was an outbreak of venereal disease among some of the local servicemen. And, of course... Lucy, Lucy's name was on everybody's lips. Mm. Um, and a sailor came forward claiming that he caught his STI from one of the women in Anderson's brothel. Oh. So authorities ordered that all the women at Lucy's brothel undergo a medical exam, including Lucy. Okay. So she objected. Yes. She was the madam. She did not partake yes. in any of the, As well she the sexual acts, right? And she was the management. So surely she would not be examined. Uh-huh. She was overruled. Uh, um, no. And I'm not quite sure if it was ever recorded that she had STIs. Um, but they learned very quickly that Lucy had been assigned male at birth. Okay. Um, that's a very invasive thing. Yeah. That is, that is something that really shouldn't happen to anyone. Oh, we don't curse on the show, but it's fudged up. Mm -hmm. It's real fudged up. Uh, but now it meant that Lucy could actually face at the time felony charges. What? Yeah. A lot of these laws, no good. Um, and so she was, it was attempted to convict her of perjury because she, quote, falsely claimed to be a woman on her marriage license. Ugh. Ugh. Get the fudge out. I know. Dumb, dumb, dumb. But she stood through, stood by her identity the whole time. Never apologized. She even gave a rousing speech about saying, I defy any doctor in the world to prove that I am not a woman. I have lived, dressed, acted just like what I am, a woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The judge, All right, Lucy. The jury still convicted her, but the judge 
sentenced her, sentenced her to only 10 years of probation. Okay. Um, but that didn't save her social life. Mm. Um, the federal government then started investigating her for failing to register for the draft. And then... Uh, what a what a pedantic... I know. And since her husband, Ruben, was a serviceman, they brought another charge that she had fraudulently accepted allowance checks meant for the wives of servicemen. Oh, my God. These, a lot petty. of these cases... Petty, petty, petty. I know. So petty. These cases were dropped um, because she, was, she would have been too old to register for the draft anyway. Uh-huh. And, like, here's the thing. She was the wife of yeah. a serviceman. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... She was married to a serviceman, so it's not fraudulent. Anyway, one of the the arguments consisted of that old adage, would you want Hicks to associate with women in restrooms? Oh, my God. Um, which, as we all know, is... is uh, it's bullcorn. Bullcorn. It has... Horse holes, apples. Holes all the way through it. Um, and... During her probation, she was not allowed to return to Oxnard. Um, Ruben, her husband, was tried separately. He was also convicted of fraud. Um, and they were both sent to prison. Hicks was un- was not allowed to wear gender-affirming clothing, which is stupid. And at the end of their terms, they moved to L.A. And that's where they lived out the remainder of their lives. Um, and... I want to mention that the moment Lucy left jail, she continued to live her life as herself. Yeah. As a woman. Because that's where she was. Exactly. All right. Lucy passed in 1954, um, but she and her husband amassed a lifetime's worth of stories and parties and activism for soldiers and other causes. Um, And she is in the handbook of LGBT elders, which refers to her as, quote, one of the earliest documented cases of a transgender African-American person, which makes her an absolute pillar of queer history. Well, and plus, sounds like she uh, was just kind of fun and awesome. Yeah. Um, and there is a detailed and loving historical account that uh, we'd love for you to check out um, by Bill Lipsky, who has a Ph.D., uh, author of Gay and Lesbian San Francisco. Um, and here is a passage from that book that I think is beautiful. Unlike many people before her or since... Lucy knew who she was from an early age, despite the concerted efforts of so-called medical experts and well-meaning jurists, unaware of the infinite variety in human sexuality. She never wavered from her understanding of her true self. No social, cultural, or even legal expectations could force her into being anyone but she was. I shall die a woman, she told the court during one of her trials. Indeed, she did. That's amazing. Lucy uh, is incredible. Uh, thank you so much for telling us about her. Um, thank you to uh, Alex, our researcher, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thank you, Alex. Thank you this week to Amanda, who is editing, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thanks, Amanda. And thank you to you for listening. We can make the show without you, but why? Hey, thanks. Uh, we want to tell you a couple things. Uh, we've got some uh, tickets left for the 20 Rendezvous Fancy Takes Flight Tour. Uh, you can get those at bit.ly slash McElroy Tours. Um, there are tickets left for Salt Lake City. 
Um, I believe Portland is sold out. I believe the My Brother, My Brother, Me in San Diego is sold out. But the uh, Adventure Zone show in San Diego, there are a few tickets left for that. So hurry and get those at bit.ly slash Tours. Also, while you're there, go ahead and grab tickets for Washington, D.C. and Detroit and Cincinnati coming up. Masks and proof of full vaccination or negative COVID tests within 72 hours of event start are required. Uh, also, this month, we've got merch over there at the merch store, including a Count Donut pin and a Taz sticker sheet. And 10% of all merch proceeds this month go to Fairness WV, which is the statewide civil rights advocacy organization dedicated to fair treatment and civil rights for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender West Virginians. All of that is at MacRoyMerch.com. Also, uh, after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, if you are looking for ways to uh, help people maintain or obtain uh, abortion access on a local or statewide or whatever specific level, you can go to abortionfunds.org. That's funds with an S. Uh, and you can find all kinds of great uh, funds there that you can donate to. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Teresa. What else do we say? We say thank you to Brent, Brental Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where theirs are found. Thank you to Kayla and Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That's at SchmannersCast. And that is where we get our questions for our topics. Uh, please follow us there so we can ask your question on the show. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pinhop Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. Uh, if you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Um, also, we are continually taking submissions for topics and idioms at schmannerscast at gmail.com. Um, Alex answers every single one of those emails, so say hi to well, Alex. Well, she reads them. I don't know if she answers oh. them. You're right. I mean, she reads them. There's only so many hours in the day. Please don't commit <laughs> Alex to that. She reads them, so say hi. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.